0: And hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 337 of the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin. We're a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network, and we're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome along to the show. All right, so we don't have a whole lot to talk about here at the top of the show because not a lot has been happening. When you work all these extra hours and all this crap, not a lot happens, so yeah... Not having a lot of fun with that, I have to tell you, but uh, you know, here I am uh, doing a show and a snowy day here in Chicago. We have had about uh, eight inches of snow in the last 48 hours, and I guess I shouldn't be too surprised, but it's the first significant snowfall that we've had this winter. We had a little bit of snow back in November, and then practically nothing until last week, and we had about uh, one to three inches last week, and now we've got a whole bunch of snow so it's more feeling like a typical winter than it was a couple of weeks ago anyway we do have an issue of Thor to cover so let's move along to our review Across the rainbow bridge, top and guard, where the And this week we are looking at The Mighty Thor, Volume 2, Number 37. Cover date is July of 2001. Cover price is $2.25. Cover art is by Jim Starlin, of all people. And it shows Thor, and he's facing off against the Destroyer. We know it's the Destroyer because of, you know... What happened last issue, but also we see his little spiky hand sticking up through the left of the cover. And behind Thor, with his arm upraised as if to uh, say, Stop Thor, do not fight him, is uh, the Watcher. And so, yeah, it's just the first time we've had the Watcher. On the cover of a Thor comic that we've covered? I think it is. I mean, I know we've had the Watcher in an issue, but I don't remember. Anyway, um, anyway, so uh, that's that. We open up to the splash page off the Norwegian coast, or on the Norwegian coast, and there's a big fire going on, and there's a whole bunch of people gathered around the fire, and they're all shouting, burn, burn, burn. And they have little carrots on either side of the words to indicate that they are speaking in Norwegian. And this uh, sailor, remember the captain of the fishing boat from last issue, who was wearing that uh, weird medallion he found around his neck. And he says, The time has come. The flame of invitation is lit. To the cause I freely give my life. And he walks into the middle of the bonfire and he shouts... We shall await his arrival. The glory will be ours. And we shift scenes to Asgard. And we see the very narrow rainbow bridge. Looks like it's about three feet wide here. Uh, Heimdall standing on the bridge as normal. And he's got a sword in one hand. He says, Odds blood. Such are Heimdall's senses that the sound of every blade of grass growing upon Midgard's fertile plains is plain to me. I can perceive that which lies beyond the shadows of the moon. And now, though I feel a foreign presence amid the golden halls of Asgard, I see not. Tis most passing strange indeed. And we shift to the halls of Asgard where we have Odin and he's walking with a woman who looks a lot like Sif in her battle armor, though I believe it's not. And uh, it's like a big art gallery. There's paintings on the wall and sculptures and guards. So It's, it's a lot like the art museum where I went last weekend with Pete. And uh, so a woman is walking along with Odin and she says, My lord Odin, wouldst thou care me to prepare a potion to alleviate thy son's pain? I say thee nay, Sire, as Thor is determined to chart his own course, even though it means he often shuns the needs of Asgard. Let him now find the solution to his own problem. But his burns are most severe. Hello, healer, the orders of Odin are not to be questioned. Other steps hath been taken which shall by the great ruins we are not alone and they turn around and it's the watcher standing there and um, Odin says watcher and we have the title of this story Vower's Cauldron Jan Jurgens was the writer Jim Starlin is the penciler Al Milgram is the inker Avalon Studios Dave Kemp did the coloring, R.S. and Comic Crafts, Wes Abbott did the letters, Mark Sumarak is the assistant editor, Tom Brevort is the editor, and Joe Casada is the editor-in-chief. The uh, conversation, as it were, continues. He who is charged with the observance of critical events transpiring across all planes of existence, if thou art here, then looms the momentous. Indeed, a moment crucial to billions upon billions of lives. Clarify thy words, observer. Of what dost thou speak? Of the infinite life stretching forever into eternity. Precious few are of such importance that I reveal myself. Dost thou refer to Tarine, she who shall one day become the beacon of life and hope and elevate man to the next step on the evolutionary scale? Behold, says the watcher, and he he conjures up a... uh, Not really a cosmic voyeuroscope, but an image of what's been going on before. And we see a circle of people, and they are worshipping Tyreen. And we have a human, and some sort of weird alien thing, and a scroll, and somebody with it looks like (laughs) Man-Wolf, and some guy with an elongated head, and it looks like the impossible man from behind. Uh, Yeah, so I don't know.
1: "'If yon vision is of
0: the future,' says Odin, "'tis clear she will achieve her destiny. "'If not, the universe shall become a cesspool of degradation beyond description.' "'Why showest me this, Watcher? Is the future threatened?' "'Yes,' says the Watcher. "'Your own construction.' "'The Destroyer! He who recently escaped to the Asgardian prison, but who act.' A life force must dwell within his impervious armor. And we see that uh, the, the destroyer is looming over Thor. This is basically what uh, happened at the end of last issue, where uh, the, yeah, the fight and there's somebody laying here uh, beside the destroyer who's already been knocked down or, or whatever. There is but one whose life would concern thee so, Tarine Who will stench, who would imprison her thus? are you not sired more than the thunder god loki he who seems ne'er to tire of bedeviling me look my lord the vision changes to something so frightening and we get an image of eve hill thor <laughs> it is the funniest thing i think i've ever seen um so basically, Evil Thor looks like regular Thor, and he's wearing his regular Thor costume, basically. But he's got the warlord's helmet, and he's got a big, bloody axe, which uh, I don't mean it's just a big axe. It's a big axe with lots of blood on it. And uh, he, his boots have little skulls on the uh, on the top part where it kind of flares out. So, I mean, and he's got a, this, uh, like, green arrow beard, except much larger and and he looks like he's he's cackling and it's like <laughs> um, very oddly Mike Grell sort of belt. Uh, it's, I mean, it's it's kind of this weird mashup between uh, the Warlord and Thor, from the looks of it. And uh, yeah, so this is meant to be some sort of evil vision of the evil Thor from the future. Thou, thou hast seen the reigning. Thou art aware of the future corruption. "'Such knowledge was to be mine and mine alone.' "'We are at the crossroads, Omnipotent One, "'one perhaps with no clear path to salvation.' "'If Thor defeats the Destroyer, "'the living beacon of the New Horizon might very well die. "'Art thou asking me to intercede, "'to alter my stance and interfere on my son's behalf?' "'I ask nothing, yet. "'You might as well ask yourself.' How many lives will be saved should your son perish? And we shift scenes back to New York where we have Thor and the destroyer uh, fighting. And the destroyer has picked him up by the neck. In the background, we have Marnot, uh, a.k.a. or whatever the raven's name is. And there's people fleeing uh, in all directions. Sif is there and Jane Foster is there. And Thor is kind of choking out some words. Tyreen, speakest thou destroyer? If indeed Tyreen's life essence gives thee life, this battle must go unfought. Verily, I must not strike thee, for the significance of thine everlasting survival dwarfs all other concerns. And to answer that, the destroyer just takes Thor and throws him, and he crashes into a building and causes uh, damage to the building. And we get the thoughts of the destroyer while this is happening on, and And the thoughts uh, say, Would that I could answer Thor or stop fighting him, but I cannot. The power of this armor's destructive force cannot be denied. And Thor is saying, Tarin's voice cannot fight its way beyond the destroyer's control. Alas, I must then fear the worst. And the building starts to collapse on him with a brumble. And we see the destroyer shooting a beam out of its hand and there's a green energy, like Green Lantern, you know, kind of blasting out. And um, he's thinking to himself, no matter what I do, I cannot stop. Why? And the, the people who should have been running away, there's still a crowd of people here and kind of watching this, I guess. And uh, one of the guys looks a little bit like uh, Superman and Clark Kent guys is saying, run that freak wants to kill us all we then shift scenes to the depths of the nine worlds it says and we have loki and Carnilla, and they are uh in some sort of a cave and loki is sitting in a chair looking very Jambusema ish and Carnilla is there looking very evil she's got this sort of sneer on her face and they're kind of cosmic voyeur-scoping this uh, fight. Uh, the body of Tarene is standing there, motionless, next to them. So, yeah. And Loki says, "'Years ago we teamed to send the Destroyer against Thor, Carnila. "'Regrettably the God of Thunder prevailed. "'This time success shall come our way. "'Remember, the Destroyer is Odin's creation.' "'Tis savagery unbound, crafted to oppose the celestials themselves. "'Tis that very bestial nature which forces it to attack unchecked, "'despite Tyreen's effort to halt it. Ay, and once Thor is properly disposed of, "'my beloved Baldur may gain favour in Odin's eyes, "'and soon be appointed Prince of Asgard.' "'Believe so for now, wench,' thinks Loki. But none shall usurp that which is rightfully low case. And we shift back to Earth, where we have Thor getting up from the uh, partially collapsed building. And the destroyer has grabbed onto a red minivan and is going to uh, slam it into Thor in the next panel. And uh, Thor is saying, Stand thee back, Tareen. Thor has no wish to fight thee. "'The lives of all of us are worth naught "'when compared against the next evolutionary step "'thou art destined to usher in.'" And the, we see the destroyer getting ready to strike, but uh, the, the thoughts coming from its head "'Forgive me, Thor, for I hate what I do.'" And uh, he smashes Thor with this red minivan and uh, thinking, "'But there is no controlling this monster's appetite for chaos.'" And uh, we see uh, Thor trapped underneath the car, and it's exploded, and there's a big fire. And we shift back to Asgard and Odin, and he says, Watcher, it is thy wish for me to watch helplessly as the son of Asgard is brutally murdered? Or wouldst ye have me act? My wishes are irrelevant. I am but a humble observer. Which thou might have done elsewhere. Thy presence has some meaning, but What? My lord, wouldst thou truly abandon thy son?' And this is Saira again here. "'Healer! Dost thou not realize the role my agent hath played in saving him already? Well, did I know that Marnot, human form of my raven, Heskamar, wouldst restore Thor's godhood? Alas, I know this well, that no harm of any kind must ever be visited upon Tyreen. Thor knows this as well, and would surrender his own life.' before endangering hers. And we see uh, Thor uh, back on Earth, and he's bursting up through the uh, wrecked minivan, and he's on fire, and he's like, by the bristling beard of Odin, suddenly the solution is clear. The power and might of the mystical Mjolnir may resolve the conflict. And uh, the destroyer's running towards Thor with his arms out, like, And Thor uh, is kind of pulling back like he's going to strike with a hammer. When last we met, it was my enchanted mallet which enabled me to cast thee into another dimension, Destroyer. And I'll do so again until I can rescue Tareen's physical form and restore her life force. In the background, uh, Sif is kind of running to... I'm not sure what she's supposed to be doing. And as he says that uh, he is struck with a chact as the Destroyer punches him across the face and with the other hand uh, grabs the hammer out of Thor's hand. Um, yeah, so, yeah, the, I'm sure they'll explain this in a second. My hammer! Thou, thou art able to lift Mjolnir. Of course! As a creation of Odin, thou art able to do so, as thou hast done in the past. And there's a chaka thoom as the destroyer takes Mjolnir and bashes Thor across the face with it. That is all a bit too much for Sif, and Sif goes leaping in with her sword in hand and says, I bid thee halt! Let it be known, destroyer, that Sif shall battle it to her last breath, that thine assault be ended. And uh, the destroyer just kind of reaches out with a tang and smashes Sif's sword with a crinked. And yeah, uh, it's not too successful attack there. And Sif is like, Heimdall's eyes. And we shift to the edge of the fight here where we have Jane Foster And she's uh, there with her husband, Keith Kincaid, um, which we know something weird is going on with him as well. And uh, Jane is like, the destroyer, it's almost beyond comprehension. Because, you know, the destroyer has never been known to come to Earth before. Jane, good Lord, honey, are you all right? Keith, you, you're well? Never better, but I want you out of here. It's too dangerous. I'll leave, but only to get help. And she's thinking to herself, Tony Stark, maybe he can bring the Avengers before someone gets killed. And the is blasting Thor with a giant zacact. And we get uh, kind of a half-page image here of Thor being pushed back and looking like he's been electrocuted. And uh, we see uh, Keith Kincaid and he's here in the foreground of, of the panel. And behind him is the, uh, the, the silhouette of Marnot. And Marnot is, you, I know you. You might wear the face of a mortal, but it's not mortal life inside. And Keith is like, aye. Thou art right, stranger. Sadly, it will be the last time such can be said. And Keith turns around and, and grabs Marnot by the throat and kind of pushes him back into this dark alley. And Marnot is like, err. And there's some sort of a energy... Uh, cascade coming i'm not sure if it's coming from marnot or coming from from keith uh one of the two and um he uh, falls down marnot falls down on the ground and we can see little feathers poking out of his armor and uh kincaid is like hey eh, thou art changing heskimoire Thou wert but a tool of Odin in it. And uh, yeah, it's uh, Heskimar. And I don't know if he's dead or just unconscious or what, but he's raven and he's laying here and not looking like a real raven. I don't think Jim Starlin must know how to draw a real bird. But anyway, <laughs> he's, he's just laying there looking dead or something. Keith Kincaid is slinking away and he says, Soon he and all his kind must meet the same fate. And in the meantime, we have this fight between Thor and Odin is continuing on, and the the destroyer is whipping the hammer around and destroying things as Bashan is building with a chact, and Thor is monologuing during all this, savage and violent, though I know him to be. ne'er have I seen the destroyer's rage manifested with such unbridled intensity. It is as though Toreen's own power already near limitless in potential, is propelling him to force beyond comprehension. And we shift back to Odin and uh, the Watcher and the Syrah person, and they're watching in the cosmic voyeuroscope, and Odin's saying, Look, the all, for Thor's body begins to tense. To watch without fighting back is an affront to all the Thunder God stands for. He'll soon enter the fray once more. And Thor leaps forward, and he's uh, saying, How could I have been so complacent as to surrender Mjolnir? Without it, I'll soon revert to the mortal form of Jake Olsen. And he leaps uh, behind the destroyer, uh, try to give him like a half-Delson kind of thing, and uh, he's trying to grab the hammer with his uh, one hand, and he's trying to strangle the uh, destroyer with the other. And he's saying, uh, Though I wish thee no harm, such a thing should not come to pass. I beg thy forgiveness Tarin, and I would not hurt thee but if I revert many are the mortals who shall fall before thy ferocious onslaught and he's wrestling with the uh, destroyer and punching it and uh, Sif is running up from behind and um, she's saying Thor I bid thee wait we must coordinate our attack lest the destroyer defeat us individually and the destroyer takes Thor and whams him down on the ground and um Yeah, uh, basically just kind of body slams him. And uh, Thor is, I don't know, he's stunned or whatever. Uh, Sif comes running up behind the destroyer, starts punching him because, you know, he destroyed her sword earlier. And uh, we have a caption here. In the next morning's newspapers, New York writers refer to this battle as Manhattan Thunder. More than three combatants, it's a relentless storm that batter[s] Midtown with collateral damage. Within a one-mile radius, each tooth-rattling blow causes windows to shatter, foundations to shake, and walls to collapse. Seismic detectors register activity as far away as Washington. Even by the standards of New York, a city exposed to more trauma than any other, the confrontation will be forever remembered. Yeah, I wonder that they remember this one issue. Anyway, um, the, the Destroyer still has the hammer, still Lapping Thor. Looks like he gets him good in the arm, like he broke his arm because his arm is bending in a, uh, a uh weird angle. And, of course, we have no dialogue, but we do still have uh, captions going on. Such is the nature of things when a protector thought invincible suffers a broken arm from a blow jarring enough to fell a mountain. Yeah, okay, I guess his arm's broken. Time seems almost to slow and stop as those watching go silent with dread, even though they know and fear what is about to happen. And the destroyer is holding Mjolnir up above its head. It looks like it's getting ready to bash Thor with it. He does, and there's a big bang, like basically there's a big clobber. And in the uh, next panel, the destroyer smashes Thor across the face with a hammer. And uh, the caption says Reporters will be hard pressed to adequately describe the force and horror of the momentous impact. The unimaginable has happened. A hero, a champion, a god has fallen. And uh, we are seeing everyone's reaction to this of all the people who are watching remotely looks like uh, loki and carnella are all happy and it says for a precious few it has caused for elation for others a shock overwhelming to the soul and then we see syra and uh, odin and they're watching uh, for them the worst is yet to come and we have a, a whole fa- a half page here of the destroyer and the advisor of the destroyer is glowing and it looks like uh, the Destroyer is getting ready to do this big burst thing that it does through its face. Thor's just laying there bleeding, and it says, as unstoppable as the Destroyer has been, his ultimate destructive fury has yet to be unleashed, a situation that is obviously, ominously about to change. And we shift scenes, and we are back in Norway, where, remember the sea captain with the... uh, medallion has kind of stepped into the middle of this bonfire and everyone's kind of rearing back from the fire and uh somebody comes striding out and i guess it's the sea captain dude but he looks more like the space phantom from that early issue of the avengers (laughs) he's got this sort of pointy hair and they got a widow's peak i mean actually he looks a bit like mephisto so uh, yeah i don't know if that's who it's meant to be but anyway um He comes striding out and he says, the transformation is complete. And we see a um, uh, kind of an image above the fire of Surt. And uh, yeah, so he's kind of looming up above everybody and people are kind of reeling back. This uh, space phantom guy says, my human form has given way to a superior one and our master has arrived. Next issue, The Flames of Battle, and that is The Mighty Thor, Volume 2, number 37. Quick review, because it seemed like a really short issue. Okay, well, we'll tell you all about what we think of this after this message. The Fantastic House is your guide to the Fantastic Four from the beginning of the Marvel Age of Comics. Each week, Steve Lacey and Andy Leyland cover each issue, spin-off, guest appearance and cameo of Marvel's first family. And in 2019, we begin our journey through the neon decade, the 1980s. Join us as we cover... All-time classic runs from John Byrne and Walt Simonson. She-Hulk and Sharon Ventura join The Fantastic Four. The Invisible Girl No More. Here comes The Invisible Woman. Spin-off series including Marvel 2-in-1 and The Thing. Marvel's Secret Wars, The Trial of Reed Richards and more. Find us at thefantasticass.com on iTunes and all other podcast services. The Fantasticast. Insert catchy tagline here wait what all right and we are back and of course we have to talk about the issue as we always do first of all congrats on the fantastic cast for hitting the 1980s yeah not quite there yet but you know hey kind of advertisement of things to come in the next year. Um, yeah, Fantastic Cast, one of my favorite podcasts. So y'all should listen to it because they are awesome. And of course, I've been on the show, so you can go listen back at uh, whatever episode it was that I was on. Uh, I think I helped them cover uh, Fantastic Four number 158. Anyway, so um, here we are, and we are back. And um, yeah, so let's talk about this issue a little bit. So first of all, interesting bit of stunt casting, as it were, with guest artist Jim Starlin. Been a while since Starlin has worked at Marvel at this point. He had left in the early 80s to go off and do uh, Dreadstar. Um, of course, Dreadstar first being published by Marvel under their epic imprint, but of course then went over to, what, was it Eclipse or First? It was one of the two because I think both of them had it at some point. But uh, anyway, uh, Dreadstar had gone on for a while. I liked Dreadstar for what it was. It, it doesn't hold up real well in my opinion but i enjoyed it at the time and certainly there are similarities to some of the work that he did at marvel later uh with uh warlock and that kind of thing but uh yeah anyway um jim starlin of course very respected marvel cosmic creator writer and artist and um looking at the artwork i mean al milgram doing inks now al milgram is one of those uh inkers who is a very heavy inker and generally speaking, he overpowers the pencilers who he inks, but here I don't see it so much. I mean, it definitely looks like Starlin's work, and I think the inks here are kind of just right uh, as far as that as goes. Um, not a lot of overpowering of uh, Starlin's pencils here. I definitely don't get the sense that he's... Uh, you know, embellishing Starlin. It looks like uh, Starlin probably did very full pencils for this. Uh, So the art looks pretty good. Interesting how basically all of these pages, or not all of them, but a lot of the pages in this issue are half splashes so you'll have a couple of panels at the top or at the bottom and then you have the rest of the panel in one big shot most of these is battle shots because this whole issue basically is a fight between thor and the destroyer not that there's anything wrong with that but it makes the issue go very quickly um again we get a little bit of uh, the uh, keith Kincaid subplot here uh you know we don't quite know who he is in the story but uh yeah, it's uh, interesting how he's made this miraculous recovery and now everyone just is kind of like, oh, you're better, oh, okay, eh. You know, and just going on as though that's perfectly normal. It strains credulity a bit as far as I'm concerned, but you know what, it's a Marvel comic and, you know, credulity gets strained rather often in Marvel comics, especially from this era. <laughs> anyway, um, one one... It's a nitpick, really, from from me, is that uh, Starlin can't draw Thor's helmet. (laughs) Um, It never looks right. It's off-model all the time. Uh, It's very, very uh, strange. And, and of course, he very wisely gets rid of it in his first few pages. He has the, the destroyer knock his helmet right off, and he doesn't have it for the rest of the issue. I guess Starlin knows he can't draw Thor's helmet. Anyway, um, the bleeding effect, I was kind of wondering where I recognize this from because I don't associate it with Jim Starlin. I associate it more with Barry Windsor Smith. It's a lot like the bleeding effects that we had in the early issues of Conan where you want to show somebody bleeding, but you don't want to use red ink uh, because that was not allowed under the comics code. So it's a sort of weird spider webby black bleeding stuff and of course uh in the, his parody of Barry Windsor Smith's Conan we also had this adopted in Cerebus the Ardvark by Dave Sim, where we had the same kind of bleeding effect and I and I found myself wondering well why does this look so familiar until I figured it out but um yeah um I say artwork pretty good you yeah, know, Jim Starlin's a fine artist. Storytelling, he's quite good. He's, he's, he's a, one of these uh, storytellers who you really can see what's going on, and, and he does tell the story quite well. And, of course, Dan Jurgens can script a comic. I think we know that. We've established this already. Uh, even though this is, uh, issue was is kind of light on story, uh, light on what's going on, I do like the consistency here where we had um, Thor's arm broken, And on the second to last page, uh, page number 23, uh, which we have the half page of the Destroyer kind of looming over Thor with Mjolnir in one hand and his uh, visor areas kind of glowing, getting ready for the the death blow. We can tell that Thor's arm is broken. So a nice bit of continuity there. Other artists might not think to have Thor's arm at just slightly the wrong angle that it looks kind of weird uh this artist did think of it and that's you know that's what makes Starlin a better artist than maybe somebody else you know who didn't think of that little bit of continuity over the last few pages so good job there Uh, also the looming cert over uh, everything in the last page it's not the version of cert that I like I like the more Simonson-y sort of, of looking character uh this is more like the uh kind of mid-70s uh, version of cert, which probably would have been what Starlin was used to uh, to drawing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's fine. Uh, but uh, generally speaking, the uh, issue looks pretty good. The space Phantomy look of this uh, glowy character, not really sure what is going on there. Is it the space phantom? I don't know. I guess we'll find out coming in the next few issues. All right, so that's about it for this week. Thanks again, folks, very much for listening. Really do appreciate it. Thanks for your patience with our biweekly schedule. That will be continuing, unfortunately, for the uh, foreseeable future uh, until this project is done, and I don't know when it's going to be done. I'm be perfectly honest with you. It's been going on and on and on, and it's not over yet. So I don't know what's going on. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. So thanks, everybody, once again for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast, and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review. Send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.